This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jeremy Wolf. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wolf. And, you know, I was dropping my son off at school the other day over at Griffin Elementary, and as I often do, and I noticed on the fence, I always take note of the uh, banners uh, with local businesses, and I noticed one that I hadn't seen before. Our guest today is Michael Mayer with Rosenblum and Mayer. I said to myself, let me reach out to Michael. Most businesses that have banners on local schools do so because they care about the community, they support the community, and in many cases, they have kids that go to the same school. So I figured I had to reach out and extend him an olive branch to come and join us on the show today. So, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, the pleasure is all ours, and thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. So, Michael, let, let's start off with basics. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about what you guys do at Rosenblum and Mayer, and then we will go from there. Sure. Uh, so, per, uh, put simply, you know, Rosenblum and Mayer, we're a personal injury law firm, and we've been helping injured victims for over 46 years, getting the compensation for their injuries and their pain and suffering, and everything from auto accidents to injuries at stores and properties, wrongful death, anything where a person or loved one has been injured due to the fault of another person or entity. We're here to make sure that a person not only gets the compensation that they're entitled to and hold others accountable for their actions, but by making sure our clients get the medical care they need, making sure the medical bills are paid for by the insurance company or the alcohol party for past, current and future and also compensation for their pain and suffering and, and the life that they have to unfortunately live now as a result of being hurt from someone else's negligence at fault. You see, when, when someone comes to us, they, they face their worst. They've either lost someone or they've been injured to the point their life just isn't gonna be the same and it's not going to be the same as it was prior to the accident. So it's our job to, to be with the client, make sure they're getting the proper care medically, physically, emotionally, what have you. And, and advocate for them and have the at-fault party and ultimately, if it comes to it, a jury, understand who our client was before the injury happened and all they've lost or they're dealing with because of a particular accident or injury. Because the unfortunate thing in what we do is we, we can't go back in time and eliminate what's happened, but what we can do is, is make sure a person's as whole as they can be after the accident injury. and injury. The responsibility that we have and, and the responsibility that our clients put in us, it's really what drives us to do what we do and do whatever it takes to, to help people out. Speaking about driving you to do what you do, what inspired you to specialize in personal injury law? Maybe if you could share a little bit about your background and how you ended up here. Uh, no, of course. So I actually got into personal injury uh, from my own experience in, in dealing with insurance companies. I mm. uh, see 99.9% .9 of the time when you're dealing with personal injury, you're dealing with and recovering from insurance companies. And, and my actual experience wasn't exactly personal injury, but it was seeing what insurance companies will try to do to avoid making things right and avoid doing what they're legally obligated to do. So when I got married to my wife, um, I had uh, pretty good insurance at the time because of the, the job that I had at my time. 
uh, or at least I, I thought I had good insurance. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, shortly after we got married, uh, my wife got sick and she was diagnosed with cancer. And after making us go through hoops and hurdles to get the insurance company to cover her treatment and her chemotherapy, uh, the insurance company tried to actually deny us and they were refusing to pay for her treatment. So I personally felt the effects of that through myself and my wife of what happens when an insurance company tries to take advantage of you when they should be making things right and doing what's right. And so after much, much struggle and termination, we, we got them to finally do what they were required to do. They covered my wife's treatment. But from that period on, I, I just I vowed that I'd do whatever I could, not just for myself and my family, but for anyone else that's been wrong to make things right and make sure that no one would have to experience a situation like that because the injury and the effects are bad enough, but when you couple that with the aggravation and the stress that comes with an insurance company not doing what they're supposed to do, it, it becomes unbearable and it consumes every part of your life. Yeah, man, do you think, it's hard to imagine how <clears throat> you could have a company that treats people like that in their, their worst times. Do you think part of that has to do with, and I'm not, obviously this is not applicable in your case, uh, but people trying to, I guess, game the system, if you will, like they have to, from their end, from the insurance perspective, just to play a little devil's advocate here, they do have to do their homework and, and be diligent about making sure that they're not paying out false claims. Again, not, not to say that your situation falls into that category, but maybe you could speak to that end. Um, is that something that I'd imagine that happens? I know it happens a lot in that industry. Yeah. Of course, and we'd be foolish to say that, that it doesn't. And it's you know bad apples in, in every industry on both sides. Um, and it's twofold. So yes, there are people there that try and gain the system. Uh, they try and take advantage and they think that there's quote unquote free money to be had with insurance companies. So yeah, of course, the insurance companies have to do their due diligence in weeding those people out. Um, and on the other hand though, you know, they, the insurance company's business model is, you know, like it or not, it's you know to take the the premiums, the policy money, and try and pay out as least as as little as possible. So it, it's twofold in weeding out the ones that are trying to gain the system, but then on the other hand, when it's legitimate claims, doing what's right. And unfortunately, um, you know that has really took negative effects on the industry in that. To insurance companies, they, they try and look to see if people are gaining the system and won't give people the benefit of the doubt most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a delicate balance, right, um, yeah, as, a, as with most things. But yeah, it, seem, it seems obvious, though, in a situation like yours, a, a severe medical question, it should be without question, right? There should be no contesting that. It should be like, here, where do we, you know, check these boxes? Right. And that's what the money, that's what it's for, ultimately. So exactly. What are what are some common or would you say the most common types of personal injury cases that your firm typically handles and maybe what makes them unique? Uh, so the most common types that we handle are auto accidents, um, slip and falls or any injury at a store or a commercial property and, and wrong, wrongful death, unfortunately. Uh, in, in Florida, as we all know, uh, <laughs> Florida is not the best state when it comes to drivers. So... <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of accidents going on. Wonder, wonder in, why. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially in South Florida, uh, we were just infamous in our driving uh, tendencies. 
So there's auto accidents all day long, um, especially, you know, in, in Miami and in Broward and in Palm Beach. Uh, most of the time, actually, a lot of the drivers don't have insurance. So that becomes difficult in and of itself. Uh, the other part is slip and falls or any premise liability, what we call it when you're in a department store or a grocery store uh, and, and wrongful death, which comes with, I mean, it can be in any time, place or manner. Those are usually the big three that we have to unfortunately deal with in personal injury law. Yeah, it certainly seems like from an insurance standpoint, in a, in a case such as a slip and fall, I could see that being more highly contested, uh, more so than a situation like you experienced with a, a, med- a severe medical issue. Um, so there's definitely a spectrum, uh, as with many things. Can you provide maybe a memorable case that comes to mind, something you've worked, you worked on in the past that stands out? Uh, there, there are so many, uh, but <laughs> uh, one of the most recent ones that uh, was was very difficult was a mother was driving with her two children in the back seat, and one of her children severely autistic, actually nonverbal autism, and they got severely rear-ended um, by another driver who was just as we see all the time looking at their phone, uh, not paying attention to in front of them and completely totaled their vehicle. And the mother needed back surgery. Um, She had cognitive brain difficulties. The daughter who was uh, 12 years old at the time um, went through such emotional and physical trauma that um, she needed some professional, a lot of professional care and the son who was severely autistic actually started developing multiple seizures because of it and they they were put through the ringer and it it was just so difficult to see and especially with the mother needing the back surgery wasn't able to physically care for her autistic child so they didn't know where else to turn so they came to us Um, we put them in the hands of the right care with psychologists therapists doctors, uh, pediatrics, and were able to get them the compensation that they needed, not only for their physical injuries and their emotional injuries, but for their future care. Because as you can imagine, if you have back surgery, it's gonna be tough for you to take care of your children, especially one who's severely autistic. So we were able to get them adequate future care um, because the accident, because it happens in one day, the life you know, it doesn't stop in one day. They're going to be dealing with the consequences and the effects of it for the rest of their life. So that was really uh, pulled at the heartstrings. Um, obviously, uh, we had to take it a very long way with, with the insurance, but ultimately they wound up doing what was right. Thank goodness for them. How long did that case take from start to finish? Uh, it took about two and a half years. Wow. Um, from, you know, because that's uh, one of the misconceptions in personal injury is people think they get in an accident and okay, now pay me, you know, I'm hurt, pay me. And it just doesn't work that way where you have to try and take care of your injuries, see what your injuries are, treat for your injuries, um, any past, current and future medicals and emotional. And, you know, you have to see various doctors, the insurance company is going to want you to see their doctors to see, like we mentioned before that you're not gaming the system and 
hopefully if you can resolve the matter without filing a lawsuit, it'll be a lot quicker. Most oftentimes in significant injury cases, um, they try in low volume, right or wrong, whatever that is. And then you have to file a lawsuit and then hopefully it gets resolved without going to, to a jury. So all in all, from the day of the accident till we actually uh, allowed, or got some compensation, it was about two and a half years. When you said the son that had autism, he started suffering seizures. Was that a result of the physical accident or of the, the stresses and the mental anguish that came after it with the mother and all that? So the, the orthopedics, the board certified orthopedics and the pediatrics that evaluated them actually said it was a combination of both. It was the physical and the mental trauma of what occurred. He had, uh, he did suffer seizures randomly prior to the accident, but since the accident, he was getting seizures probably about two times a day. Um, and so they, they determined that it was a direct causal link from the trauma that he experienced to now. Interesting. Interesting. So I noticed on your bio that you went to University of Florida undergrad. Yes. Go Gators. Yes. Go Gators. I also uh, went to UF myself way back when I graduated in 01, I believe. How about oh, yourself? Yeah, three. Oh, so we were there. We probably overlapped a year or two. Were you in a fraternity when you were there? Uh, no, I was independent, but we both suffered from the Zook years, I guess. So. Uh, <laughs> do you do you go back there at all ever or no? Uh, yes. Uh, my, I met my wife there, actually. We, oh, nice. we bleed orange and blue. Uh, our cousins go there. So we are fortunate enough to have a reason to go every now and then. And uh, as, yeah, as much as we can. We're ever taking road trips. Uh, we'll always stop in Gainesville, but we, we like to go there a couple times a year. It's just a, it's a great place. Not I've, like heard, I've heard it looks completely different from when when we used to go there. It, it's funny you say that. I say it, it looks completely different, but it's exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are different buildings and condos in the, the main area, but the the roads and the streets are all the same. So if you ever get lost because you're unfamiliar of something that looks new, just just look at the street signs and you're like, oh, I remember where I am. Now I have to say I, I'm ashamed to say that I don't know that I've been back more than once or twice since I graduated. I don't know if I just haven't had a reason to go or haven't had an. Uh, the right invitation. I just, I don't know what it is, man, but I, I got to get back there at least once with the family and get the kids up there and show them where I went and maybe yeah, plant exactly. the seeds for them to follow my, my footsteps. That, that, that's exactly right. When, when I, after I graduated, it had probably been about five or six years before I went back. And when we went back that first time, I said to my wife, what took us so long? And just the feeling of being back there and now nostalgia. With, yeah. Right. And now with my, my children, uh, I, I, have the good fortune of making my children uh, diehard Gator fans. So we we love to go up. They love to you know, go on the field when it's non-game days and run the field. It, it's just it's a great experience, and it it's all comes full circle. Yeah, man, our meeting was serendipitous for sure because as we're talking right now, this wasn't on my radar until just now. I'd thought about it before. I should go back there, but now speaking to you. And hearing you talk about the nostalgia and the kids, it's really fired me up. And now I'm actually thinking I'm going to plan a trip up there with the family. So this is good stuff. Great. I'm Thank glad you I can. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> so, so you mentioned um, 
you have two kids. What um, they go to Griffin, right? Or at least one of them does. Uh, one of them. My my old my son goes to Griffin. He's in fifth grade. Uh, my daughter went to Griffin for kindergarten, and now she goes to a another school. But I, Griffin is just. Like I have nothing but great things to say about Griffin. It's we're so blessed and fortunate to have found Griffin. Uh, my wife is heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the PTA. <laughs> you know, it's taken over her her life and her job, but she uh, wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Yeah, awesome. So fifth grade, my daughter uh, just graduated from Griffin. Uh, my son is in fourth grade. Uh, my daughter just went to Pioneer. So you have that that to look forward to. It's an exciting time. <laughs> Eleven. She's you know she's eleven, and it she doesn't really want much to do with us anymore. She's with her friends and all. And I try. It's hard to, in my mind, she's still a child. She's still my child. And I think about she's so young. Shouldn't she still be engaged with us? Then I thought back to what I was doing when I was twelve years old, eleven <laughs> and twelve years old. Like, you know what? If hanging out with her friends is is the worst that she wants to do, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No. We we say my son is ten, going on about eighty. My daughter is seven going on 17. So, uh, yeah, that's, they want to do anything but, uh, you know, hang out with mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, unless they need something, of course. <laughs> I always play, with my, play, play a little game with my daughter this morning. I went to go walk the dog when she was getting ready for school. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll meet you out at the bus stop to make sure I embarrass you this morning. She's like, no, do not come out there. <laughs> like, what, you're that's embarrassed, your old man? Come on. Yep, my daughter. Anytime I try and help her around her friends, Dad, go away. <laughs> yeah, but they're 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 the best. It's uh, it's true. You never know, or I say, you never know what true fulfillment is until you have kids. Absolutely, the spectrum of life experience widens significantly in both directions when you have children, for exactly sure. Right. Did I also read it that you're a guitar player? I wouldn't say I'm a guitar player. Uh, I like playing guitar or trying to play guitar. Um, it's uh, it's like therapeutic. Um, Absolutely. Big music guy, and it was always on my bucket list. Uh, you know, growing up, a lot of my friends played guitar, and when we you know went to summer camp or we'd go on vacation, they'd all bring their guitars, sit around the campfire, and just you know jam out. And I always wanted to do it. And one year, you know, my wife always knew it was a bucket list. So one year on Father's Day, she surprised me, bought me a guitar and been tr trying to play ever since. Yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, that was about three years ago. Okay. I so yeah, any chance I get, you know, kids go to bed and uh, the wind down time, you know, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll just try and play. I've been playing on and off since I was... 14 or wow. yeah quite some time and and right now i am deep within the throes of a dave matthews kick on the guitar i have i always loved dave obviously going back to college mm -hmm. but man now playing the acoustic guitar and listening to what he does especially when he plays without the band i mean the band is great but when he just plays with him his guitar singing he's such an underrated guitar player He's a phenomenal yes. rhythm guitar player, just an unbelievable talent. There's some songs, like forget about just singing or just playing the guitar part to make it sound the way he plays it. I've been practicing a couple of songs for the better part of a year or two now, and I can't get it 
to sound just like he does. And then when I start singing over it, forget it. All bets are off because. Right. I, I tried some Dave songs. You know, my problem is the bar chords. So, you know, that's where, you know, no pun intended, that's where the bar stops for me. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the general easy chord songs are the ones that I find. And unfortunately, I'm a big Tom Petty fan. So a lot of his songs are very easy Simple. to play. Yeah. Yes. Simple G, C, D, A minor chords. Um, but Dave's got a lot of bar chords and I haven't been able to play one. Yeah. I haven't been able to play one of his songs yet, but that's my next goal is to figure out the bar chords and open up a whole different uh, area. Well, I mean, I'm happy to shed some, um, some nuggets of wisdom or, or, or show you, show you a little bit, but what it all comes down to, it's just repetition and practice. And a lot of the stuff he does requires you to stretch your fingers in, in difficult ways that you just have to, there's no shortcut around it. You just can't do it unless you play it. I've played, right. I've tried to play some of his songs probably thousands of times over and over and over just to get it right. Um, and still, still not quite there, but, uh, you know, we strive for perfection, but we'll never, never quite get there as it goes. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the, the most difficult part of guitar is the patience that it's not going to happen overnight. And the struggle is real. The pain on the fingers is real too. <laughs> and uh, you just got to, you know, push through it. But man, is it worth it? Like you said yes. earlier, it's therapeutic. There's something liberating about expressing yourself through art and music where when you find, and it doesn't happen often, and I can only imagine what it feels like for a, an artist being in front of a huge crowd, but when you find that flow state and you just truly let go of your expectations, of your of your fear of what people think and your worry about whether or not you're going to sound stupid, and you just you just let it go and you just that's when true genius comes out. And that's when, and yeah, I'm never going to be a Grammy award-winning artist, but there, there are times when I play and I let my guard down and what comes out of me is like, you know what? It sounds that's pretty good. good. <laughs> yeah, and that feels amazing, dude. Yeah, but you, you do, you, you have a, a newfound appreciation for the artist and, and what they do. Cause when you try it, you realize how difficult it really is. And it's difficult enough playing the guitar, but the, I have, the utmost respect for the ones who play the guitar and sing at the same time. Yeah. Because the, uh, that that's what I found is, is the hardest. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just limited to music, right? I mean, the same, same can be said for almost any profession I'd imagine, right? Even what you do, if you're arguing a case uh, in trial and you're at the top of your game, you're in that peak flow state or in athletics, it's, it's all about, again, just letting your guard down and just letting, letting things flow naturally. And it's yep. an invigorating feeling for sure. It really, is. it really, really is. So in closing, why don't you share with our listeners how we could learn more uh, about your firm, maybe share your website, your contact information. How could we reach you? Oh, absolutely. So easiest, uh, the website is www.rosenblumandmayer.com. That's R-O-S-E-N-B-L-U-M word and 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 mayor is m-a-y-e-r.com you can always call i provide my cell phone to everybody and that's my actual personal cell phone i don't have a work cell phone that's 954-696-5495 you can always call the office 954-923-4477 uh, so either of those three ways you can you can find us at every and any and all times 
Wonderful. And we'll, of course, link in the description below to all of your contact information. Michael, pleasure meeting you. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Oh, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me anytime. All my best to you. Yeah, of course. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast, Cooper City. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to gnpcoopercity.com. That's gnpcoopercity.com. Or call 954 231 3170.